Welcome back, everybody. It is the pylon week two edition. Week one is in the books. And boys, it was a wild one, uh, to say the least. We had some crazy games, some crazy endings. What were your reactions? Let's just get some week one reactions. What did you guys think of week one? I think my biggest surprise of week one was definitely um, Green Bay and um, Green Bay and New Orleans. That was definitely my biggest surprise. I didn't think that, number one, Rodgers would be that bad. Number two, I didn't think Jameis would pop off as much as he did, um, especially with the alternate location. I thought both teams would kind of be off kilter to tad bit, but the Saints seemed to be they seemed to be better than they were last year with James at, at the helm and Rodgers. I don't know if, you know, that off season that he had that drama filled off season. I don't know if maybe that played a factor into it. I don't want to freak out about Green Bay because, you know, they're, they're kind of a weird bunch, especially with Rodgers. They've been in this type of situation before where they look really bad to start off the season. And then all of a sudden something just clicks and then the Packers go on, go on a roll. So I'm not going to panic about Green Bay yet. Now, if they lose to the Lions, next week or if they struggle then you can kind of you know some eyebrows may be raised but um overall i think that was my big surprise of week one i totally agree with that i mean i was shocked with how aaron Rodgers did but like kevin said i'm not going to overreact from that i think it's only week one now like you said if it continues then yes obviously you can be concerned but people are like Oh, he sucks. He's done. He's washed, whatever. There's major overreactions. It's week one of the NFL. We've seen tons of teams turn around and just be a, a lot better than expected from their week one performance and then the opposite as well. But the Monday night game was fantastic. I loved watching it. That was a lot of fun. It was great to watch football again, NFL football. Um, but just overall, the Browns-Chiefs game was a lot of fun to watch as well. Um, the Rams looked pretty impressive, but there was there was a lot of good takeaways from the, the the week one. Yeah, I mean, going back to that Packers Saints game, which I plan on probably we're going to get into a, that one a little bit more in detail later. But the thing that really stood out to me was how well Arizona played and how good Arizona looked, and not just on the offensive side of the ball because, like, we know Arizona can score. Kyler Murray is a superstar in the making. They have DeAndre Hopkins. They added A.J. Green. Like, that offense is legit. But how well their defense played in shutting down one of the most vaunted offensive attacks in the NFL in Tennessee I thought was really impressive. We knew the Titans' defense was going to be really bad, but I don't think anybody thought it was going to be that bad. And then another thing, I didn't think the Jaguars would be as bad as they are. Uh, the Jaguars are horrible. They're, they're not good. They lost – whatever it was, 37 to 20, like four to the Texans. And the fact that the Texans are scoring 37 to me on anybody is, <laughs> is an issue. They do play my Browns this week though. So I do, I am a little hostile towards the Texans. But the last, going back to that Packers Saints game, again, before we probably get into it in a little bit more depth a little later, the last team that lost 38 to three to the New Orleans Saints was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that was the last loss of their season last year. After they lost to the Saints, I believe they ran the table and ended up winning the Super Bowl. So I'm just saying, you never know. Maybe, maybe we got, you know, some 16 and one on the horizon. So now that that's out of the way, we're just going to move into some talking points and the things that I wanted to discuss. Uh, first, 
just kind of based on where we are, the Lions didn't look great. It was it was bad for about you know fifty eight minutes, quarters. about yeah. fifty eight minutes of the game. But their last two minutes, they showed a lot of heart. They showed a lot of fight. Recovered an onside kick, scored two touchdowns, two two points. Kevin, I know you're. I actually should mention we don't have Manit tonight. He is he is not no. available tonight. But I, uh, I gotta carry the flag tonight. <laughs> he is he is here. He is here in spirit. We will have. I have his picks. We got everything for him. We he's taken care of. Uh, but Kevin, now as our lone resident Lions <laughs> expert here, what what did you think about what did you think about the team on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, you know, the first quarter was, you know, exciting because, you know, it's week one, you're glad to be back, and the running game immediately took off. I think that was probably the biggest, uh, not surprise, but just the, probably the, you know, the most consistent high point of the whole game, which is how good they were, uh, how good they were on the ground, both with Swift and um, Williams. So that was nice to see, um, the fact that that O-line, that like, you know, them trying to invest in the O-line, um that definitely seemed to pay off at least in week one, which, which was nice to see, especially when you have guys like Bosa, um, all, you know, across the line, that was good, good to see. Panay Sewell did one heck of a job trying to contain Bosa. Bosa even gave him credit post game saying that he did one heck of a job. So that's all, you know, it's always nice to see. Um, but those, yeah, it was definitely frustrating from, you know, probably after the first quarter it was, frustrating to watch but I was like you know you gotta sit here and just take it because this is what's supposed to happen as much as you want them to win um and then they, yeah they started to claw back and you, you kind of saw remnants of hey you know kind of when, when those Stafford comebacks you know but you know we had Jared Goff instead um but it was definitely nice to see that those guys still played to the very end because honestly if this was the Patricia era I don't think that would have happened I think they probably would have gotten blown out like you know 35 to seven or something like that. But just the fact that they, you know, were able to fight back, claw back, and they couldn't complete the whole thing, but just seeing how they, you know, were still playing through the whole game. It was nice to see. It definitely kind of goes back to that um, vibe that, you know, this is a different team, a different unit, a different um, regime, and things are starting to change here in Detroit. So. Just building off of what Kevin said, yeah, I mean, Penny Sewell, he was looking pretty good. Um, Jamal Williams, I know he's a really good running back. I mean, he was pretty darn good when he was with the Packers. Uh, he got a lot of fantasy points. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he continues to keep on getting those touches, he's going to produce Swift look good as well. Um, obviously, wide receivers was not a strong point oh, yeah. for the Lions. Um, but – yeah, and then of of course Kuda Okuda is out for the season once again. I'm gonna label him a bust officially. I think he's, yeah. I think yeah. he's done. Like I was, yeah, I was, I was gonna say like I wasn't gonna label him a bust until after the season ended. But he's injured, and I know injuries aren't really the player's fault. Um, it's it sucks, especially a Achilles injury. Um, you know, again, it's not his fault. Like this is one thing that's like not on him. Um, and I think to a certain extent, I think. The, the Patricia and Bob Quinn regime kind of broke him to a certain extent. They kind of they kind of screwed him over because I mean obviously no one's going to say oh I don't want to be a top five pick. But for me, frankly, I don't think he should have been a top five pick. Um, so, but you know I do think he's at least right now I think he's a bust. If he ends up you know leaving after this year, or the Lions end up shipping him off, or you know something happens with him, I wish him the best because you know I still think that he has something in the tank. But I think as far as his regime in Detroit, I think it's next to next to done, especially with that uh, rupture. Because this was his kind of this was his year to kind of prove himself. 
because you know we're like okay we're not going to count that first year with bob quinn and matt patricia but now that he's injured he can't really show himself and we got a new regime you know it's tough it's definitely it's definitely tough yeah i mean it's really tough watching that the third overall pick in the draft kind of get i don't want to say wasted but just kind of blown on with okuda i mean i had high expectations for him coming in but exactly obviously it's not looking like it i don't expect him to really do anything next year if he is back on the roster but I mean you just gotta move on find somebody else it busts happen all the time in the NFL I mean I would have liked back when it when the draft actually happened I would have liked the Lions to take Isaiah Simmons but it is what it is now but um I mean Detroit obviously they they had this whole comeback story and everything they almost came all the way back but I mean it takes me back deja vu to when um Stafford and the 49ers were playing at San Francisco like a few years ago and they almost made a comeback with Stafford and then just didn't do anything but it's just kind of the same I'm going to say same old Lions we expect them to lose they have to lose we want to get a a good pick uh, find that quarterback or defensive end or whatever they end up going but just get as high of a draft pick as possible this year and just go from there. Yeah, the one thing that I really noticed about the game, which I'm not going to lie, I didn't really watch. I was watching some of the other games. Yeah, but... that makes sense. <laughs> well, what I will <laughs> say is watch the Lions. I wouldn't want to watch yeah. it either if I was the fan. Yeah, so. I, uh, yeah, I didn't really spend a lot of time with the Lions this week. But I will say that play, it was their series right before the half. They're down 21-10, to 10, and Goff throws the really bad pick six. And it just – to me, I go back to that, and I watched kind of where the drive started. I went back to watch some of the highlights, and there was over two minutes left on the clock. The Lions had all three timeouts. They were running all over the Niners. Like, they were – their offensive line was dominant. Was pushing, yeah. And they didn't run the ball at all on that drive. Instead, they just dropped back and threw the ball, threw the ball, threw the ball, and Jerry Goff threw a pick six. And to me, yeah. that, that was when the game was over because that becomes an 18-point game. If you run the ball – maybe mixing a little play action, maybe mixing, you know, some of those other things. You might be able to get a field goal before the half. You're looking or at, at least a, not throw a pick six, you know. Exactly. You're looking at a 21 to 13 ball game at halftime. You're within – that's a one-score game. One-score game, one and a half. Yeah, it's definitely like a, a, a mentality thing, especially with that. And as soon as you threw that pick six, I was like, that, that, that's where it kind of hit me that, like, okay, we still have a long way to go. Like, you know, there's still a long way to – like, you know, this isn't going to be a – one year thing, you know, as soon as he threw that pick, I was like, ah, I was like, as much as I knew it was like kind of supposed to happen, it was still kind of a, okay, we're, we're still building it. It's week one. I, I was, I was mad, but I was like, can't be that mad because it's supposed to happen. It's, it's, it's growing pains. You know, Jerichoff may or may not be here in the future anyways. So just roll with the punches and just try to look for the bright spots. So. Yeah. The Browns fan in me, Definitely feels for all you Lions fans. I know exactly. I mean, I know what it's like to be exactly in the same <laughs> position. It's just blind hope every year. Um, fortunately, my Browns have gotten out of it. Yeah, they have said, yeah. They, and, yeah, they, you know, they, it's they only a matter of time before the Browns and Lions are running the league. Just like, the, Hey, Browns and Lions. Super one day, Bowl, they're, I, I'm telling you, they're for, the first time both those teams make the Super Bowl, it will be against each other. It just is going to happen. That would be amazing. I think that would honestly be one of the highest – even though I hope the Browns make it earlier than that, I hope they don't wait for the Lions to make yeah. it. <laughs> but the, the America deserves a Browns Lions Super Bowl. Let's just be real. 
So speaking of those Browns, though, they they went into Kansas City this weekend, and I mean, in the first half, they completely hit the Chiefs upside the head with a frying pan, as the saying goes. <laughs> they smacked them around offense on both sides of the ball, both lines. I mean, for three quarters, the Browns were in full control of that game, and then a few mistakes and Patrick Mahomes being just the absolute crazy man that he is stole the game from the Browns late. But I want to hear your guys' thoughts before I get into mine. You know, the Browns very high expectations this season. Do you guys feel better about the Browns after that loss? Or do you guys feel worse about them after? I think, you know, I think like post game, I was kind of like, Oh man, the Browns is kind of, took that one and threw it down the toilet. But it was uh, at the same time, it was good to see that they were competing or whatever. Um, and they, they were in control of the game for a long time. Um, and just all of a sudden, it just kind of just slipped away. So, you know, I, I think, you know, all Browns fans everywhere, I think probably post game was probably like, oh, man, this team is not ready to go anywhere. But you look at the whole game, it's like, okay, they were in control for most of that game. Like, they look comfortable. It's just – one play here and all of a sudden they kind of start just rolling down the hill, which, you know, you can, you can fix those kind of mistakes, those kind of brain farts, those kind of mental lapses or whatever. It's like, okay, just, it was that one thing that kind of screwed us over those things you can fix within the next week or whatever. So I think it was, I think the Browns are definitely, uh, definitely cooking something. I think, you know, week one of growing pains. I think everybody has those, um, yeah. Say they play this game week seven, week eight, I feel like maybe the Browns, you know, don't give the game away. So, um, yeah, I think I think Browns fans should definitely be feeling good about where they are right now, despite how they lost that game. I was that was exactly what I was going to say. Um, if I now, if I was a Browns fan, I'd be all mad and everything about <laughs> the the loss. But I am not a Browns fan, so looking from the outside, it was. I mean, it's really encouraging to see. I mean, obviously they blew it in the end, but. It, what a, was three quarters of really strong football. Their offense looked really good. They have the best offensive line in football. Baker was solid until that fourth quarter. Um, Kareem, uh, Nick Chubb, both looked great. Uh, wide receivers looked pretty good. Uh, defense was looking strong in the first half for sure. Um, but uh, the signs are definitely there. It's only week one, like I said about the Packers. I think they're very encouraging signs. You still got some work to do. You're going to fix up those mistakes and then go into next week. It's going to be a confidence booster probably against the Texans. So take what you messed up on, fix them up, gain your confidence, and just get that swagger. I mean, it's week one. It's super hard to play the Chiefs week one. I was impressed. Um, I think they're definitely going to be a really good football team this year. Yeah, you mentioned the light schedule for the Browns coming up. Not only do they have the Texans this week, they got the Bears next week, then they got the Vikings, then they go play the Chargers, Arizona, Denver, and then their first division matchup of the season isn't till week like week uh week 8. They play Pittsburgh on Halloween. So, but it's they have a really good shot to get on a roll here and I feel like the schedule fav- uh, schedule makers did them a favor, you know. They have we 
they got the toughest assignment in the league if you're being asked to go play in Kansas City week one. But then they say, all right, you know what? Here's a few softballs right afterwards to <laughs> let you get rolling just a little bit. You know, give everyone what they want to see week one, but then let both teams kind of get on a little bit of a roll and just, you know, no matter who wins or loses the game. But as for the game, the number one thing that, you know, me as a Browns fan that I wanted to see and that I wanted to come away with as, you know, after that game was over was I wanted to have the feeling that we can beat that team in September. If the Browns can beat the Chiefs in January, not, not sorry, not September, but <laughs> that they can beat Chiefs in January. And to me, I, I feel like they can. It's, you know, without the mistakes, you take the, the mental errors and the mistakes that the Browns made, you know, the Browns plays that they made, you know, they still, you know, they still have those every once in a while. But you take those out of there and the Browns completely dominated the game. I mean, their offensive line and their defensive line were just pushing the Chiefs around all day. I mean, that second Nick Chubb touchdown run. I mean, the offensive line completely cleared out the left side and Nick Chubb literally could have walked in. So I, they were missing a couple defensive players. They were missing Frank Clark, Tyran Matthew. The Browns were missing Odell Beckham Jr. They were also missing Grant Delpit, their rookie from last year, who still hasn't seen the field. And, you know, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa is still a rookie. He's still learning. He's still trying to get better. And the Browns just had a lot of young players in a lot of places on defense. And the defensive scheme just – they didn't make a lot of adjustments and, you know, I, I'm not like, there's no shame in losing to that team. It's just, there's kind of a shame in the way that they lost it because that was a, that was, a, it was exactly. a dominant performance through three quarters. It was, I mean, there was at halftime, people were talking about how, like, like the chiefs had no answers. They literally had no answers. And unfortunately Baker's taking a lot of heat for the pick at the end of the game. Uh, he 100% was just throwing the ball away. He got his foot clipped and, he wasn't able to get enough arm on the ball to get it out of bounds. And it was just, I mean, it's just unfortunate. Those things happened. The Chiefs made a, they made a great play on defense in that moment in time. Like they seem to do annoyingly, they won't play defense the whole game. And then they decide to, you know, send the blitz and it all works out. But so I'm actually very happy as a Browns fan, you know what, we're 0-1, but we're like the best 0-1 in the league by far. <laughs> so now we're going to move on to another team the team that I actually picked to win the Super Bowl last week and we touched on it a little bit earlier in the show. So we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but the Packers looked, um, they looked bad. Awful. They looked really, they looked really bad. bad. Uh, Aaron Rodgers would have had a better QBR had he just spiked the ball on every single play. It's a true story. And um, so, but the question that I want to ask is, do you think, that that game is more of an accurate representation of how good New Orleans is or about maybe how disorganized Green Bay is. I don't want to say how bad Green Bay is. We know Green Bay is a good team, but yeah. just maybe how disorganized they are. Or or was do you give a lot more of the credit to New Orleans for the game plan and how they played? Yeah, see, this is this is tough because you know, I you know, I that was an amazing game by Winston. I mean, he went 14 of 20 for five TDs. Um, granted, he'd only threw for a buck 50, but um, he didn't have to do much when Rodgers is basically throwing the game on the other side. Um, so it's tough. I think I think it definitely shows more how disorganized the Packers are just because that Winston didn't really do it's not, it's not that he didn't do much. It's just that he didn't have to do a lot for, for them to win 
38 to three, you know? Um, yeah. Again, he only threw for like a buck 50. So it's not like he's, you know, would like popped off. I mean, obviously five TDs or five TDs, no matter how you get them or whatever, but the Packers just looked really, really like, yeah, disorganized that. And yeah, I know they're a good team, so I don't want to sleep on them or I don't want to be like, Oh, you know, they're, they're, they're done. They're, they're, uh, they're through because they've done this before where they look bad early in the season. And then all of a sudden something just pops and they go on a little run. So it could start next week by playing the Lions. I mean, they could go and beat up on the Lions and then all of a sudden go on a hot streak. So we don't know. I think just that off season that the Packers had with the whole Rogers debacle and whether he was going to leave or not leave. I think that just kind of definitely affected uh, kind of the probably affected their training camp and their whole build up to week one. And then it kind of just spilled over all on all the week one. So. Isn't it crazy that one decision like can screw your entire team of sending out the field goal unit and, set up, and putting Tom Brady and giving him that chance to win the game. Like it's only week one. I think they're going to figure everything out. I think this does show that the Saints are definitely still contenders. Um, I still think it's the Buccaneers division to lose, but um, I could be changing my answer two, three weeks from now if the Packers are still struggling. But I, I feel like it just kind of shows that Jamie, Jamie Winston, he still got it. He learned. He got eye surgery. He learned behind Drew Brees. It looked like he just kind of matured a little bit. I mean, he looked better, and it's not like he has a ton of really good targets out there either. I mean, no Mike Thomas. They lost um, a bunch of other guys and everything, but they they managed to blow out the Green Bay Packers either way. I know Aaron Rodgers, of course, sucked. I'm sure they're going to figure that thing out. I really just believe that there's no way in heck that this team is going to suck. Like, I'd be shocked if they're below 500 or something like that. Like, that would just – blow my mind people are like all right is Aaron trying to play his way out of Green Bay I don't think he is either but it's just week one you, like you said um training camp I'm sure was thrown all over the place I mean you're a player hearing this stuff on Twitter and ESPN always talking about Aaron wants out and everything it's going to get to your head you got to regain trust and just kind of pull it all together and I, I think they're gonna still make a run yeah, I, I think, you know, Aaron Rodgers has really taken a lot of heat just based on this offseason. You know, he's been the talk of the offseason this entire time, and he comes out and he plays like that. He was the second-worst quarterback this weekend. I don't know how he wasn't the worst. Somehow Ben Roethlisberger was worse, actually. But, you know, he, he just didn't look good at all. But to me, the credit goes to the Saints. Sean Payton might have – I mean – he was my sleeper for, you know, coach of the year when we made our predictions last week. And I think he, he got off on the absolute perfect foot during week one, just with the game plan that he had for Jameis. And that, I mean, that defense is, was just flying all over the field. They were in Rogers face all game. Devonte Adams really couldn't get going. Aaron Jones did absolutely nothing. And I just think, I mean, Jameis Winston's in the best situation of his life. I mean, he finally has a coaching staff. It's structured. It's disciplined. It's it's everything that a quarterback needs to succeed, and now he finally has it. It's not something he had in Tampa Bay, and getting to sit behind Drew Brees for a season and just learn from one of the best just overall guys and one of the best brains that have ever played the position 
and just being able to learn and then getting pushed a little bit in training camp by Jason Hill for the job. And he, he's just, he's in the best place he's ever been in his life. And I just think we're actually finally going to see what James Winston can do. And I'm really excited to see it because I wasn't very high on the saints coming into this year, but that is a team that, I mean, if their defense continues to play like that, they're going to be a scary team down the road that I don't think anyone's going to want to play late in the season with playoff hopes on the line. And so before we move on to our next topic, I actually forgot because Manit is not here. I asked him to give me his thoughts on the Lions game, considering he's a Lions fan. I wanted to get his thoughts just a little bit onto the show. So we're going to go back to the Lions game really quick, just to review. Uh, Manit said that he thought the Lions played with a lot more heart than he had seen in three years, which coincidentally those three years were the Patricia years. Yep. Makes sense. But he said, while the loss was expected, he loved the way that they fought and he thought that it was really fun to watch down the stretch. Um, so we'll pro- we'll get his thoughts next week on the lines, probably a little bit more in depth uh, when he comes back. But those were just his some of his thoughts after the Lions week one game. So we're going to stay in the NFC North with this next topic. And I just have one question for the both of you, and it's pretty simple. What is Matt Nagy doing? Because it seems like. Even he wants Justin Fields to start, but he just won't do it. And now he's just egging the fans on because he's just given these little sprinkles of Justin Fields like all the time. And yeah. Justin Fields scores a touchdown and then he takes him right off the field. It's like, dude, just put him in the game. Like Justin Fields yeah. is going to be a superstar. Just I don't I don't really know. What, but you guys answer the question for me. What is Matt Nagy doing? Because I want yeah, the old saying goes, you know, you have two if you have two QBs. And you have no QB, and I've I've seen it happen at all levels. I mean, at my own high school, the the, the you know my junior year, there were two QBs that the, that my coaching staff was trying to figure out. I mean, I was like you know I was like third string because I was sitting there just chilling. But they had two of the QBs who it was a senior who you know had who had some experience, but like he kind of had some attitude problems and didn't seem like he was full like all in. And then they had some sophomore that they've been basically grooming since he was like in eighth grade or whatever. So it's like. And we're we're bad because we didn't have like a true QB because they kept trying to flip flop back and forth. And yeah, trying to put guys in on certain packages or whatever. And it's like it just messes up the whole mojo of of, of the offense because they're you know because they're switching QBs in and out and you can't it's hard to gel. And I just think you know this is similar to the this is similar because you know you've got a veteran and Andy Dalton. Granted, he doesn't have attitude problems, but he's just a he's just a veteran who's probably at best mediocre um he's not a superstar or anything i don't think he's going to take the bears anywhere um not anywhere close to the promised land at least and then you got justin fields you know the young gun the stud from the ohio state you know he's he's that guy um and i i think i think and it's only a matter of time before fields gets in the game that's why i drafted him as a backup in almost all my leagues for fantasy because I feel like he's going to eventually play and when he does he's going to be good and we get we saw sprinkles of that uh, on Sunday night or whatever I just I, I it's definitely gonna happen I don't know when I think I gave it like week four or week five I think is when I said that that they, you know he feels was going to be the starter because I just don't think Dalton can really take that Bears offense anywhere and you saw it Sunday night I mean Justin Fields scored half of the points so <laughs> I mean if I'm a Bears fan, which thank God I'm not, <laughs> I would be like, how the heck does this man still have a job? Like, he's an offensive-minded coach. And the two plays that Fields is out there, he does fantastic. 
and you're obviously losing to the Rams. Why don't you just put him out there? Gary scored a touchdown. Why don't you just keep him out there? Like I just I just don't understand his philosophy. It he just comes up with some terrible game plans. It just it blows my mind what he does. Like, how does he have a job? Like <laughs> it just I don't I'm at a loss of words, but I, I think the Bears definitely still have potential when they finally do make that switch. It's the the question is, is are they going to wait too late to make that switch? And then all of a sudden they turn things up and they look really good and everything. And then it's too late by then because then the Packers are starting to pull away or something like that. I don't know which week there that Nagy will finally – somebody's going to hit him on the head and he's going to realize, oh, shoot, I probably should put in fields at this point, right? But, um, yeah, why why they don't play them? You look at the sidelines and the reaction after the – the field's touchdown, it seemed like everyone just was electric, happy, was jumping all over the place for him. I feel like all the players want fields in there as well. Like, you're not obviously going to call out Andy Dalton and be like, oh, he sucks. I yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. In, but yeah, I mean, with, I, it just seems like they want him out there, you know? Yeah, I mean, with Dalton, it's like, you know, he's, yeah, he's not a bad guy. Like, he's, he's, a, he's a team guy. I mean, he, he went up to field after he scored. Um, same thing can be said for, Jimmy G and Trey Lance or whatever. I mean, Jimmy G was the first guy to go up to him and say, Hey man, c- congrats on your first pro TD. Um, so yeah, so Dalton's, you know, he's not being, you know, he's not pouting about it or anything like that. I mean, he knows like, like he knows that it's only a matter of time. Um, it's nothing against any Dalton as a person. It's just that, you know, he, it's clear that he's, that he's, that his ceiling is only so high and feels potential is way higher than Dalton's current ceiling right now. So, right. Yeah, it sucks for Andy Dalton. You know, it sucks because you're you're you know you're signed, you expect to be the starter. Uh, you know, you're even your coach in the offseason says that you're going to be the starter, but you know in the back of your mind that there's a guy waiting there, just waiting to get his you know waiting to get his first uh, first experience, and essentially the first time he touches the ball, dude's in the end zone. So it's tough. It's only a matter of time. Um, I think. Eventually, we could see as soon. I don't know what what the Bears' schedule is like, um, but I think it's only. I think it could take you know another two or three weeks before we see Fields as a full time starter. Yeah, I. You know the the thing for me is, I don't understand the notion anymore at this point in the NFL why rookie quarterbacks have to sit at all. I mean, you look at some of the quarterbacks. It goes back to Cam Newton. Cam Newton started Week One. Do you think that Cam Newton started? Mm-hmm. Day one, do you think that like ruined his career? You look in the more recent years, Kyler Murray started day one. Joe Burrow started day one. Justin Herbert started week two, but basically that was the same thing. Like, are any of those players going to be hurt because they started week one? And I would argue that Justin Fields is better than every player that I just named. So I just, I don't understand. And I know a lot of people have the same thought I do, but it's just at this point at where the league is at, I understand you know, everyone looks at what happened in Kansas city with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. And they think that that's why Patrick Mahomes is who he is right now. I would argue that Kansas city cost themselves a playoff run because Patrick Mahomes didn't start week one. I think you could legitimately argue that because I don't think that affected anything of who Patrick Mahomes is going to become just based on sitting behind Alex Smith for a year, who was basically the epitome of average his entire you know career. So that's just kind of my thing. I don't know what, what it is about 
I mean, I watched Justin Fields for two years at Ohio State, and the only thing you can say is he's a pro. There, at times, he was the best player in the country, and people are saying that Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback prospect we've ever seen, and I could argue that Justin Fields was better. But they don't want to play him. But, you know, Kevin, unfortunately for you, I think they're going to play him. The first game they're going to play him is week five against Detroit. I'm telling Honestly, you. Honestly, yeah, no, it would like, – I think it's going to be week five against Detroit. Yeah, I think that's – I think it's a probably accurate timeline because I just feel like they're going to try to give, you know, Andy Dalton the benefit of the doubt for as long as they can because he is a veteran. I mean, he can't be totally trash because he's still in the league. So, clearly he's doing something right. He's doing something good enough to keep himself going. Um, but, yeah, I think week, week five against Detroit – would probably be the best timeline, which would only make Lions fans probably hit themselves in the head even more considering that Fields was there when they picked Panay Sewell. Not that picking Panay Sewell was a bad pick. I think in the long run, it's going to work out. But not going to lie, when I saw Fields go to Chicago, I was kind of like, oh, no. I was like, is this going to be is, is this going to be Rodgers 2.0? You know, is this going to be the next Rodgers of the NFC North? Because I was like, because I was sitting, I was like, shoot, you know, as soon as the Lions got Sewell, I was like, Rodgers might be gone. There's like the Bears got Andy Dalton, Vikings don't know what's going on with them. They could be good, could be bad. Um, and then the Bears get field. And I was like, uh oh, this might. I mean, both guys can turn to be really good, but I do think Lions are gonna kind of, it's gonna be bittersweet if Fields kind of just takes off with the NFC North. Yeah, I mean, you're very right right now. All four teams are 0-1, so Matt Nagy still has a little bit of time because the Bears are still tied for first. Tied, tied for first, yeah. Lie, hey, lie Everybody's tied for first, tied for first so you know, there's, still, there's still a long way to go. It is way too early, but the quarterback situation in Chicago has a lot of eyes on it. So finally, the final point that I want to get to, we'll make this one quick. Let's just do some quick hitters. Monday night football game, I, I thought it was fantastic. Especially like if you were watching ESPN, the Manning Brothers broadcast was absolutely sensational. Um, but what do you guys think? Very entertaining. I loved every minute of it. But just your guys' thoughts on the Monday night game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I did like the Peyton and Eli thing. I'm a big Peyton fan. So uh, it was it was kind of fun to see those two kind of, you know. Granted, it wasn't in person. It was, you know, it was kind of weird, but. You know, it was, it, it was fine. It was good. I just love hearing Peyton and Eli just joke around and all that stuff, especially when, like, the fire alarm went off or whatever. That was kind of hilarious, too. Uh, but as far as the game goes, that was one heck of a game. Um, I was Honestly, when I first saw it, that was the Monday night game. I was like, this is probably going to be a crapshoot. This is going to be, like, some, like, 9-3 to three game. Like, it's going to be so bad. Um, but it, it, it was good. I thought there was going to be a point where the Ravens were going to kind of run away with it, but Raiders kept fighting. Like, you know, Vegas, the Derek Carr, he kept them in the game. Um, and granted, you know, they had they did have the you know, Lamar fumble twice, which Lamar looked good though. Outside of those two fumbles he had, he looked good. Um, I remember there was one touchdown he had uh, where he dropped back and he literally scooted around the pocket for it seemed like forever and ran out right through a dart to uh, to uh, Brown. So that was that, that was nice. Uh, and the way the game ended, that was interesting as well. Um, it was it definitely exceeded my expectations. So I was very pleased with the Monday night game. Yeah. I mean, it was a fantastic game. I loved watching it. Um, but uh, my favorite part for the Madding brother thing was when Charles Barkley came on and then they were talking about getting booed and then 
Charles is like, to Eli, you know all about getting booed at home. So it was just kind of funny. And then the forehead thing, how the helmet wouldn't fit on uh, Peyton Manning was pretty funny too. But just all around, that game was fantastic. The way it ended was insane where you think the game's over. Then he throws a pick in the end zone. Exactly. And then you're like, oh, my God, did they just lose this game because of that? And then, of course, they turn it over, and then they throw the touchdown after calling a timeout or whatever because of the field goal. That that was just ridiculous. The whole thing was crazy. I love that game. Every second of it was a lot of fun. I think uh, the Ravens are still a pretty good team, even despite all their injuries. Who knows? I mean, the Raiders could be definitely a threat as well, but just overall, really good game. Yeah, oh, and I'm glad you touched on the the situation with the field goal at the very end of overtime right before the Raiders threw the touchdown pass because I thought that was, like, the funniest thing I have ever seen. Not only – so John Gruden does this twice. He – First of all, he takes a delay of game right before he's going to send out the field goal unit to win the game. So he doesn't call timeout. He just takes the delay of game and moves five yards, gives, makes his kicker make a little bit of a harder kick. And then right before his kicker, like then when he tells the kicker that he's supposed to go out on the field, the kicker doesn't hear him. And so the entire field goal team's on the field, but they the kickers don't not. have the kicker. And then so like then, I mean, I'm watching the Manning podcast and Peyton is like hit to me. The line of the night was he like, I can't like, I don't know what I'm just watching. They just iced their own kicker. Like I had no idea. And then they have to call the timeout and then the kicker comes out and it's like, so you take a five yard delay of game penalty just to bring the kicker out. And then the kicker doesn't know he's supposed to come out. So then you take a timeout icing your own kicker. It was just absolutely bonkers. And it, you know, I think it's probably lucky for them that they ended up throwing a touchdown because I don't know if the kicker could have made the field goal after that. I'm just going to, I'm not going to, I'm just going to be honest. I don't think he would have made it, but yeah, that was a great way to end week one, but now we're going to turn ahead. We're going to look to week two. So we're going to come back into the pick on. So as a last from last week, Manit, who is not here, had nine points last week. He really did a number on us, fellas. It was unfair. It was, it was Monday night. It was unfair. <laughs> yeah, me and uh, me, Kevin, and Owen are all tied at five points. For me, the upset special saved me. We'll get more into that later. I my picks were miserable, but I was able to get two points from the Chargers this weekend for the upset. Um, but what really carried Manit was he got three from the Raiders because he the had Raiders. the Raiders straight up, and then he took the Raiders for his upset pick, and so he got the one, then plus the two from the upset. So he he he's got a significant lead it's four points but we still got 16 more of these to go fellas so we uh we have a lot of time here but we're gonna jump right into it will they cover of course for all our new listeners we take the three highest point spreads for the week and we just ask a simple question will the underdog cover we're not we're not picking you know the underdog to win the game or anything it's just are they going to cover the number and this week we have some big numbers, guys. Absolutely monstrous numbers that you don't see very often. So the first one, tied for the second highest spread of the week, Atlanta is 11.5-point underdogs to Tampa Bay. Manit is taking Tampa Bay to cover that against Atlanta. So, you know, he's taking that. So what do you guys think? Does Atlanta cover against Tampa Bay? 
Yeah, I'm gonna take Tampa. Atlanta just they don't look good. So that like their 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 O line was getting manhandled by the Philly D line and um and then you bring on Tampa's defense. I just think Matt Ryan's gonna have uh it's gonna have a rough time back there in the pocket. Um there are just so many like I've I've some friends that are Falcons fans and they just were basically disgusted with the with, with the way they played against Philly. Um, so yeah, I think it's kind of a easy one. Take Tampa to cover here. I think this is going to be, I think Atlanta's going to get taken back to the woodshed on this one. Yeah, I got Tampa as well. I just did, like you said, it was an absolute disaster. I mean, Tampa Bay, it's Tampa Bay. Like, I expect them to cover. It's probably going to be a blowout game. I probably won't end up watching it either, but definitely give me Tampa Bay. Yeah, I agree with both you guys. I'm taking Tampa Bay. It has really, it doesn't really have a lot to do with Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has some defensive issues, but I mean, Atlanta just looked inept. I mean, against the team against the like the Eagles, who we didn't think were going to be very good. I mean, they made the Eagles look like really good, like possibly like the best team in the NFC. Good, like that's how good the Eagles looked against the Falcons. So I'm going to take Tampa Bay to cover that. I think that's an easy two touchdown win for the Buccaneers. So the next game is, oh, well, yeah, it's the Lions. Go figure, <laughs> of course. Um, yeah. The Lions are 11.5-point underdogs at Green Bay on Monday night. So, Kevin, do, do your Lions cover 11.5? Oh, man. See, I, I, they, they got close to covering week one, but that's, a, that's the Niners. It did take a – it did take a lot of things going all hinds way there at, at the end to get that thing to work. Um, I think Green Bay coming off an ugly loss on the road. They're back home, prime time. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be angry. The whole team is going to be angry. I oh, see this. Uh, this is what usually what happens. I always like don't take the lines to cover, and then they do. So that's why I'm thinking here. I'm like, should I take them to cover? Oh boy! See, if I was actually betting on this game, I would not take the Lions to cover. So I'm gonna go with that. I don't think they're gonna cover that. I just think that Green Bay coming off of a ugly loss like that at home. Granted, it's not super cold yet, so you can't really say that's gonna be a factor. But I just should. I just history, dude. Just being a Lions fan, you know the Packers. You know what happens when they lose, like the like the way they did. It's never good the next week, especially when they play the Lions. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think it's going to be a bloodbath, honestly. I, I don't think it's going to, it's going to be good. I Yeah, uh, give me – I do think Green Bay will cover against Detroit. I think they're going to bounce back. I think Aaron Rodgers, seeing all these headlines and everything, he's going to be pissed that he's getting all this negative press. But I think he's they're going to bounce back in a big way. Aaron Jones is going to have a couple of touchdowns. Aaron's going to look a lot better. Their defense is going to step up. Um, I think it's going to be a Green Bay blowout. You know, another annoying habit that the Lions have, I said this last week when they played the Niners was, well, last week it was they always find a way to make week one really interesting and play it close, and that's exactly what they did. They just didn't quite cover. But another kind of annoying habit is they always play the Packers kind of tough. Exactly. Yeah, that that's that's it why always Packers fans a lot because the Lions are always like they dominate the Bears, they'll dominate the Vikings, but for some reason, whenever they play Detroit, they struggle. 
Yeah. And I, I mean, just, coming off of last week, they have a lot of things that they have to work on. And I, I mean, so do the Lions, let's be honest. This isn't yeah. exactly the greatest Monday night game. But I do think 11 and a half is a really big number. And it I'm going to take the Lions to cover it. Yeah, I, it's. I see like maybe a 10 point loss, which, but. Yeah, you know, see, that's but why. Like I, they always play Green Bay tough. And that's what I'm going see, with in this. So if, I'm gonna take Detroit. If they had, if they had Stafford, I would take I would take the Lions in a heartbeat, especially with the spread that big. Just because Stafford is was the one thing that kept that team going. I mean, I think it was what 2019. I think uh, there there's a stat that said the Lions uh, or that the Packers didn't lead for a single second in both games with the Lions, but they won both of those games because they won in the last second field goals. So. Uh, if it wasn't Jared Goff at, at, at the helmet and it was Stafford still, I would probably take the Lions here, but I just I just don't think that he's going to be able to really propel that team up, and the defense is just absolutely horrid. <laughs> um, and I just – I and the, the defense did get exposed last week. Granted, they were able to hold the, the Niners in the last, you know, five minutes of the game to give the Lions a chance to come back, but – Oh, that, I don't know, man. I, it's tough. It's really, it's, it's really tough. So we'll move on to the the last game of this portion of the pick. It is the biggest spread of the week. I'm actually – I'm not really shocked that it's the biggest spread of the week, but I actually don't kind of like that it's the biggest spread of the week. It's Houston is 12-and-a-half-point underdogs at Cleveland. The, you know, the betters are betting on Cleveland bouncing back in a massive way this week against a – a definitely inferior opponent, but Houston's coming off a good yeah. win. They look good. Exactly. Yeah. But they, they didn't yeah. play Jacksonville, so we do have to kind of slow the rule. But they look <laughs> very good. They look they looked like a football team. And so, you know, 12 and a half is a massive number. But what do you guys think? Does Houston cover it? Oh boy. I if it wasn't for how good of a win Houston had last week, I would I I would literally no question take Cleveland, but I don't know what's going on in Houston because now all of a sudden they got Tyrod and that team shouldn't really – there's no reason why that team should put up 37 points against anybody. Um, so, But that Browns defense is pretty good, um, and the Browns offense is obviously uh, exceptional even without OBJ on the field. So I'm going to take Cleveland here. Um, I don't think that uh, – I, uh, I think Cleveland will cover. I don't think that uh, – Houston is going to be able to get within two scores. Um, but who knows, dude? It's so hard in these early weeks just because just you don't know what everybody is. You have one week, one week to go off of. So, but I'm going to take Cleveland here. Cleveland is 5 and 0 oh whenever uh, Kevin Stefanski, after a loss, are definitely going to win this game. Don't get me wrong. But I have just a gut feeling that Houston is going to keep it within this 12 and a half points. So um, they will not cover is my prediction. Just, I don't know, some gut feeling that it's going to be somewhat of a close game and they're going to be able to cover it, but definitely Cleveland's going to win this one. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It's actually not part of our pick this week um, because it is part of this segment, um, but I do believe the Browns will win this game. I believe that they're going to look good. I believe that they'll bounce back. However, I do believe Houston's going to cover the spread. It's 12 and a half. It's a big number. The Browns tend to let bad teams hang around. 
last time last year when they played the Texans, they were literally playing them in like a like a monsoon and the wind was just swirling in the stadium. I mean, it was it basically they shouldn't have even really been playing, but they did. And I just it's the Terod Taylor revenge game. Let's be real. Terod Taylor back in Cleveland. And uh, I don't know. I just they look like a gritty team. They're well coached, I think. And I just think I think they're just going to kind of hang around and kind of like annoy the Browns just enough that they cover 12 and a half and the Browns get out of there with like a 10 point win. But I just think, I think they're just going to be a little bit annoying. The Browns are going to be really like, they're going to be really mad about how they lost that game. I mean, you can just hear from the players already this week. I think the Browns easily win the game. I just, I think Houston sticks around just a little bit long enough. And I think they do cover the game. Um, As for the other ones, I forgot to bring in Manit's picks. He's taking Detroit to cover against green Bay. And he is going to take Houston to cover against Cleveland. So he took Tampa Bay, Detroit, and Houston, which is exactly what I took as well. Uh, Kevin and Owen took Tampa Bay. They both took Green Bay. And then Owen took Houston, and Kevin took Cleveland to cover 12 and a half. So Kevin's taking all of the favorites to just blow out. Yeah, <laughs> some big friends, man. These these friends are huge. <laughs> yeah, these, we don't normally see massive spreads like this this early in the season. I don't, and again, I don't really know what Houston did last week to warrant a twelve and a half point spread. That's really just a compliment to Cleveland in the way that they played Week One. So now we're gonna go into Week Two games. We will not be doing the Lions this week or the Browns because they were a part of the Will They Cover segment. Uh, Kevin's already expressed he thinks Green Bay is going to cover, so that basically tells you all you need to know. I do know, actually, though, Manit has picked the Lions to win the game outright because he wanted to use it as his upset special this week, but I told him he couldn't because it was part of the Will They Cover segment. So he has picked the Lions to win outright, so that is something that we will have on him next week if they don't win. But if they do, then we're going to have to you know, listen to the I told you so speech. So we're going to get into this. The first game that we're going to pick is Raiders at Steelers. One o'clock game, two one and O teams. Okay, this is a it's an interesting one because I honestly was expecting this game to be kind of the crapshoot game going into week two, but both these teams ended up kind of surprising me in week one. So I think it's going to be a good game based on, based just solely based on week one how both these teams play. I think this should be a pretty good game. Um, I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Steelers. At home, just because they are at home, um, but I feel like the Raiders will make it competitive, but I think the Steelers should come out with this win here at home. Um, I'm going to go Steelers as well. Just gut feeling. Is, gut feeling, yeah. I don't know. It's just always go with your gut when you're betting. Yeah. I'm not betting in this and, game, but. Yeah, I think it's mostly just because the Steelers, I mean, they, they, they played the Bills and they won, right. and the – Raiders, they did show some signs. They did show some flaws there. Grant, they did get the win, um, but they did show some flaws. Um, and the Steelers, I mean, they only gave up 16 points to Josh Allen and the Bills, and the Raiders had a tough time on defense. Um, so, yeah, that's also part of the reason why I'm going to go with the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, I also – I'm just got reaction as well. I think Najee Harris is going to have a bigger game this one exactly. as well. But yeah, we'll see. I think it's definitely good. probably going to be a good game. I'm a that's actually a game that I might tune in for because it's going to be so close, but give me the Steelers. Yeah, the Steelers are a very interesting team because their their defense is probably the best in the league. I mean, their defense is nasty. 
But their offense is absolutely – I mean, their offense is horrible. I mean, just all around. Ben Roethlisberger was graded as the 32nd-ranked quarterback this week. I actually don't know how. I don't know how he finished lower than Aaron Rodgers, but apparently he did. But their, all, their offensive line is, is bad, which is why Najee Harris didn't have a very good week. That's not going to improve. You know, the Raiders just – the Raiders are like the island of misfit toys. They just – they don't really seem like they have much of an identity – it's at home. It's the home opener in Pittsburgh. You know, those fans are going to be ready to roll. I'm going to take the Steelers only because they're at home. That's literally the reason why. And I, I really like their defense. Their defense is very good. And I'm not looking forward to the Browns having to play that twice, that defense twice this season. So I'm going to roll with the Steelers and that will be, that will be that. So the next game that we're going to do Rams at Colts, Colts coming off a tough loss to the Seahawks Rams looking really good, but Still think the Colts are a decent team. So what do you guys think? Rams, Colts. Yeah, the Colts defense is definitely good. It's definitely not one to sleep on. They did come off a tough loss. Um, but I, I, after seeing the Rams and the way they they, they perform and seeing Stafford pop off of that, I'm, I'm going to take the Rams here. Um, but definitely expect that Colts defense to give that uh, to give the Rams offense some trouble, even with Stafford. Um, you know, it is going to be a road game for, for the Rams. And, and you know, I, I, I always say just when when West Coast teams play those East Coast teams and in, in in the East Coast, it's that it always kind of it's trouble. Just, you know, I know, it's you know, it's that huge jet lag, but just the timing and everything, it just seems to be most of the time, especially early in the season when guys aren't adjusted to the time difference. Uh, it does kind of it does tend to tri- trip up guys. granted it might not trip up Stafford because he's been in the East Coast forever, but, you know. Yeah, um, give me the Colts. You know what? Screw it. I'm picking the Colts. Um, I don't know why. I'm just I'm just picking them. I just got reaction. I don't. I don't even know. It's just for some reason I'm feeling Colts. I I like the pick. I think you know, like I said, I mean, Kevin touched on it. The Colts defense is very very good. Last week they had a tough ask with the Seahawks in town, and the Seahawks look really good. Um, I'm actually doing a really poor job as a host here because I forgot to mention Manita's pick for the last one. Manita's is taking the Raiders against the Steelers. He's rolling with his Raiders for the second straight week. So I think we're starting to see his true colors formats. You know, Blackbird <laughs> had a great year, so maybe he's a closet Raiders fan. But closet Raiders fan. <laughs> he's, taking, he's taking the Raiders over the Steelers. And in this game, he is taking he is taking the Rams. Um, to beat the Colts. As for me, man, I mean, this is a game like I really want to take the Colts. I really, really do. I think it's going to be a tough ask for the Rams to bounce back after, you know, the home opener and Sunday night football and all that. But I'm still going to pick them to win this game. I don't like the Colts offensively. They just seem a little bit disoriented still. Carson Wentz still doesn't have the reps yet, I think, to be, you know, all, you know, the most effective that he can be. So I just think the Rams offense does just a, just enough to get the win on the road in Indianapolis. So we're going to move on to another game that I probably wouldn't have put on the pick if it wasn't for last week, but it's two 1-0 teams. And they both looked – I mean, one looked okay. One looked really good. But it's going to be the Saints at Carolina taking on the Panthers. And, and, and to me, this is a really interesting game because these are two teams that I think are really similar and they have a lot of, you know – they're going to be battling for probably second place in that division. So yeah, 
What do you guys think? Saints, Saints, Panthers, battle of one and O teams. Yeah, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Saints here. Um, but I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see the Panthers win this game. Um, because I, I definitely don't I definitely think the Panthers um don't get as much credit as they should. I don't think that team is as bad as people think they are. Yeah, I feel like they're definitely gonna surprise some people this season. I still think that Darnold has some has something there that he hasn't shown yet. I feel like the Jets kind of confined him to a certain extent and you know Adam Gase really just kind of messed him up messed the whole team up um I think Darnold now that he's with a guy like Matt Rule that's smart and knows offense um I definitely feel like the Panthers are going to be you know a team to watch out for but I think right now early in the season just based off their week one performances I'm gonna go with the Saints um but I would not be surprised to see the Panthers kind of flip it the other way so um yeah give me Saints as well I mean, after that strong performance, how could you really pick against him? But Jamie Winston, he's going to give himself another chance to prove that he's a good quarterback, and I think they're going to do it. I think Panthers still have some, some things to work out and everything with Darnold, but uh, they could be a, kind of a sneaky team this season, but I, I, my gut's still telling me Saints. This is going to be the one that I kind of go off the board just a little bit, make kind of my wild pick. Uh, Panthers are actually my sleeper playoff team. I actually like them to sneak into that and get that seventh spot in the NFC. I mean, I, that was before I saw, like, how well the Saints were. I really thought Carolina was going to get second in this division, and they still could. I'm going to roll with it, though. Carolina's at home. I just – I think their defense played very well last week. I mean, it was the Jets with a rookie quarterback, but their defense did play very well. And I think they still have the best young play caller in football and Joe Brady. So I'm going on this one. This is going to be the one that I kind of take my shot. I'm going to roll with the Panthers here at home in this one to take down the Saints and, you know, maybe bring Jameis just a little bit more down to earth, even though I am I am very excited to see Jameis playing well. So now we're going to move into the late window. Uh, first game, this one looked kind of like an interesting one. Uh, it's the Cowboys at the Chargers. It to me, this feels like this is going to be an offensive explosion. But you know, what are your guys' thoughts? Cowboys, Chargers. Yeah, this is an interesting game. Chargers are coming off of a, 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 a close win versus the uh, football team. Almost said the almost said the forbidden R word, <laughs> but um, they're coming off of a, a good win against Washington. Um, a, a, a team that has the a Washington team that has a good defense, uh, but the Cowboys they they showed up against the Bucks. I mean they they had the lead there for about with about a minute and a half to, to go, but it's Brady it's Brady on the other side. So what are you gonna do? Uh, plus the Cowboys their kick, kicking game kind of screwed them over. If it wasn't for the kicking game, they probably would have won the game honestly. So I'm gonna go Cowboys here, but I feel like just, just like how you said. Michael, this is going to be an offensive explosion. I would, I would assume so. I mean, you got Herbert on one side, um, and just that whole Cowboys offense. At least their, their passing game uh, is something to watch out for. Um, but again, this is another one of those games where it could go either way. I'm gonna go with the Cowboys just because they played the better opponent, in my opinion, in in Week One. So yeah, that's what I'm gonna go with. Uh, give me Chargers. They've won four of the last five games against Dallas. Still checking if. Weed and boys over there, but um, I don't know. This the Cowboys can be Cowboys. I, I feel like Herbert's gonna have an offensive explosion against them. It should be a shootout, fun game. 
I'll definitely tune into that one. But just Herbert and the Chargers, man, if they can just keep on chugging, win this game, they're definitely going to put themselves in a really good position for the season. Yeah, I think this, like I mentioned, this is going to be a really interesting game. Um, and Neat is going with the Chargers in this one. And I, once again, forgot to mention his pick from the last game. He's taking the Saints over the Panthers. Um, but he's taking the Chargers in this one over the Cowboys. As for me, I'm uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. And I'm going to go with the Cowboys because I think they have a better quarterback in the field. I really liked what I saw from Dak last week. I think that they have their own line held up. They did lose Lael Collins uh, for a few games due to a suspension. Um, but I, I do – I really like what I saw from Dak last week. Um, I think he was he, – he, he played like – he just he didn't play like a quarterback that was coming off an injury or anything. I think that offense is very explosive. I really like Micah Parsons on that defense. You can notice last week in the opener, Micah Parsons was just all over the field. I think their defense is much improved. I just think Tampa Bay was a really tough ask week one. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys to bounce back here and spoil the Chargers homecoming. This will be the Chargers first home game in SoFi Stadium with the fans. So I'm going to I'm going to take the Cowboys because why not? I just – I think that they're going to be a solid team, and um, I, I really like Dak. And it may or may not be because he's my fantasy quarterback, but we can't – we'll leave that there. The, ne- uh, the next game, second to last game we're going to do is the Titans and the Seahawks. Um, I wasn't going to put this game on here because the Titans looked so bad last week that I kind of thought it might be an easy one to pick. But, you know, the Titans are still – you know, they're still – I think they're still going to be a really solid team. And as for Seattle, they looked really good last week against the Colts, but it's their home opener. The 12th man is back and uh, Titans are in town with King Henry and crew. And what do you guys think? Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to take the Seahawks here just because I feel like early in the season, they always get off to a hot start. Russell always looks good. The whole offense looks good. And then they hit about week eight and then they, that's where they kind of ha- start having, that's where they kind of start to stall. Um, so I think the Seahawks are definitely a first half team when it comes to the actual part of the season. I think the first half of the season is where they're at their best and then they kind of go down for a bit. And then when playoffs hit, that's where they kind of up their stuff again. But, um, I just think the, I just, I just think that the Titans loss was just too concerning for me to take them right here. Uh, I feel like they, like, I feel like the Cardinals kind of expose a lot of their holes. Um, I really expected that offense with Tannehill, Henry, Julio, AJ Brown, I really expected that offense to be a lot better than it was. I mean, they only put up 13 points. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go the Seahawks here. Yeah, I agree with, as well. I think Seahawks, I mean, they look pretty darn strong against the Colts as well. Um, this can be a game of two really good running backs, with Chris Carson and Derrick Henry. They both rank in the top five for rushing yards since 2018. So could be a big running game for both squads, but the 12th man, they are back. I just don't see how their fans are going to let them lose this um, opener, but yeah, Seahawks all the way. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's going to be the Seahawks. I mean, if the Titans defense couldn't stop the Cardinals, I mean, I don't really know how they're going to stop the Seahawks, whose offense seems to really be clicking. And the Seahawks scored all those points against the Colts, who are far better defense than anything Tennessee is going to put on the field. So I like Seahawks at home with the 12s, and they start off the season right at home, and they get off to a really nice start out there in the NFC West, which 
every team in the NFC West is actually one and oh compared to the NFC North, who is all in one. So finally, the last game of the week that we're going to pick, as I said, we're not going to be doing the Monday night game this week because it is the Lions and they were a part of where they cover. So it's the Sunday night game, probably the game of the week. It is the Chiefs at the Ravens. Seems to be a yearly battle. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is 3-0 and against Lamar Jackson. and Last year, it wasn't even particularly close. He went into Baltimore and just lit him up. Yeah. So what, what are we thinking here? Sunday night football, the Chiefs in Baltimore looking to get on the board for their first win, and the Chiefs coming off a really hard-fought game against the Browns. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Chiefs. So that's kind of easy. Just if you're if we're just straight up choosing, um, you know who's gonna win? Definitely Chiefs. I think that that's kind of easy. Now, will the Ravens make it close? Yes, I feel like this is gonna be another offensive explosion game. But I feel like both uh, both defenses kind of have some holes in there, uh, especially if we don't know, you know, if, if the Chiefs are gonna have uh, who's it, Frank Clark and uh, the Honey Badger and the Ravens, obviously, I mean, they lost Peters for the season and, and their defense did look uh, like they're struggling against the Raiders offense. So I feel like there's going to be a, a pretty high scoring game, uh, but I feel like the Chiefs will kind of control this one for most of the game. But I feel like the Ravens will kind of be just lurking there, waiting for that first mistake. It may or may not happen. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Chiefs here. I'm going Chiefs as well. I think it's just a safe pick. I would not be surprised at all the Ravens won, but just give me Patty Mahomes. I think they're just too strong right now. They're just such a good team. You know, Owen, I'm really digging the nicknames that you're that you're spitting out for these quarterbacks here tonight. You got Patty Mahomes, Amy <laughs> Winston, you know. He's, he's whipping out all the nicknames. I absolutely love to hear it. Um, once again, I did it again. Um, and he's taking the Titans in the last game against the Seahawks. Uh, so he's actually, yeah, he's he's going with the he's going with the underdog and the Titans in that one. He it's going out on a limb. As for this one, he's taking the Chiefs, and I'm also going to take the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes undefeated in the month of September. Still yet to throw an interception in the month of September, even though he should have thrown one last week, but I don't want to talk about it. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to take the Chiefs. It, it's the safe pick, and the, the Ravens can't figure out how to beat the Chiefs. It's like it's like Michigan trying to beat Ohio State. They just can't do it. it it's just the one hurdle they have yet to climb, but – then again, it's it's the hurdle that basically every team in the AFC has yet to climb for the last few seasons. So it's a clean sweep on the Chiefs, which brings us to the final segment of our pick on. It is the upset special. This is a game. It's off the board. One of the games that, I mean, it could be a game that we haven't talked about yet. It could be one of the ones from the pick if you want to double down on that. It cannot be without one of the games from the Willett cover. So it can't be the... Falcons and the Buccaneers it can't be the Lions and the Packers and it cannot be the Texans and the Browns but this is a team this is a game that you believe the underdog has a really good chance of winning the spread can be whatever you want we do use FanDuel Sportsbook for these odds and we are shooting this on Wednesday so by the time that this probably gets out to you guys the spreads are definitely probably going to have dead but I definitely think probably most of the underdogs will stay underdogs the number may just change but we're going to base all of the scoring based on what the spread is when we made the prediction. So if the spread changes and they don't end up covering or whatever, we're still going to give you the point for it. So it's based on right now, Wednesday, the 15th, you know, what we got Manit actually. So Manit Howard, he has dibs on the Bengals one and a half. He's taking the Bengals uh, against the bears. So that one is off the board. So other than that, what are you guys thinking? Yeah. Um, 
I am I'm, I'm looking at the FanDuel. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Bengals and Bears. I'm gonna go for that one. I think the Bengals are definitely gonna put up a fight. See, FanDuel has it right now at yeah, plus I just one and a half. You take that one. Oh wait, no, wait, no, 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 wait, wait, hold on. no. I was zoning out. I was zoning out. I was zoning. Out. Oh no, he took him. Okay, no, I was zoning. Neat has the Bengals, so you can't. Yeah, yeah take no, okay, yeah, no, I was zoning out right there. I was. Can thinking. I go first, son? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna take uh, the Giants over the Washington football team. I just feel like it's gonna be a sloppy game on Thursday night, and just got reaction okay, yeah. says that Danny mind. Dimes is gonna upset the Washington football team. I mean, they lost, they just does. lost their starting <laughs> they just lost their starting quarterback, but for the season and Ryan Fitzpatrick. But just I don't know. I, I feel like Thursday night games are always the worst to watch and they're always low scoring and whatnot. And I just feel like that um Daniel Jones and possibly Saquon Barkley, who you know who knows if he's actually gonna play or not. We're going to get it done. All right. I got mine. I'm going to go Philly and San Fran. Philly is the underdog by plus three and a half. Um, and I just feel like after watching the way Philly played last week with Jalen Hurts at the helm um, and the way the 49ers kind of crumbled there at the end versus the Lions, um, I think the Niners kind of got some holes they need to patch. And I feel like this. I feel like the Eagles will will cover in this one. Maybe win out the whole game. Um, we'll we'll see. But I feel like Philly will definitely pay. Will play competitively as long as it look the, you know the same way they did last week. So yeah, you guys didn't actually leave me with a lot of options because I'm trying to I'm trying to look at one that actually kind of looked good. The Eagles were one I was kind of looking at. The one I'm going to go for. I'm going to take the Dolphins plus three and a half against Buffalo at home. Buffalo is looking for a bounce back, but Miami is a really tough place to play in September with the humidity and the Dolphins defense looked really, really good last week. So I'm actually going to jump on that one. I'm going to take the Dolphins plus three and a half against Buffalo to get the cover on that and or the win. As I said, the upset special saved me last week. It put me even up in a position right now. I had the chargers last week with the plus one and a half. So that will do it for the pick on for this week. Uh, just to recap, I am going to go over all the picks here in just a second, just to make sure that we have everybody and everybody has the picks that they want. As for will they cover, everybody is taking Tampa Bay to cover 11 and a half against the Falcons. Manit and I are taking Detroit to cover 11 and a half against Green Bay. Kevin and Owen are taking Green Bay to cover that number. And then Houston and Cleveland – Manit, Owen, and I are all taking Houston to cover that 12 and a half. Kevin is taking Cleveland to cover. And then for a regular pick them, we are going Manit. It's got the Raiders over the Steelers. The rest of us all have the Steelers. Uh, Manit, Kevin, and I have the Rams. Owen is taking the Colts. You three all have the Saints over the Panthers. I'm taking the Panthers at home. Manit and Owen are taking the Chargers over the Cowboys. Kevin and I have the Cowboys. Manit has the Titans over the Seahawks. The rest of us have the Seahawks. And then we are all taking the Chiefs on Sunday night to beat the Ravens. And then for upset specials, Manit's got the Bengals with plus one and a half against Chicago. Owen's got the Giants plus three against the Washington football team tomorrow night. Kevin has the Eagles plus three and a half at home against the Niners. And I have the Dolphins plus three and a half at home against Buffalo. 
So that will wrap up the, the pick them. Once again, Benit has a four point lead on the three of us. So we got we got some work to do, but we have a long time to do it. So that's going to wrap it up for this week two edition. It was a, it was great having you guys on. I'm looking forward more football this weekend. It's going to be a great, great time. And, you know, any, any closing words from you guys before we, you know, enter, enter the football week starting tomorrow night. Hey, go Lions, baby. That's all I got. <laughs> I mean, I've been a Lions fan for so long. And I've gone to so many games. I've gotten crushed so many times. It's just really <laughs> hard to cheer for them. Like my senior year of high school, me and my buddies, we got season tickets. And by the end of the season, we had sold our last couple of games because they were so bad. It was just like besides the Kansas City versus Detroit game a few years ago that we went to, like that that game was just fantastic all the way to the end. The place was going bonkers the entire game. But Lions, we got a long way still to go. I wish we were like the Browns and played it smart and actually hired a smart head coach like Stefanski. But, I mean, Cleveland, prove everybody wrong, win that Super Bowl. Yeah, forever. Go Browns. Big bounce back week. It's not exactly, you know, the most thrilling matchup, but it's exactly what I think the Browns need right now. So, as I said, forever go Browns. And uh, it was great. Great having you guys on. Thanks for listening. If you guys have made it this far in our podcast, we will see you guys (laughs) next week for week three. As for O&O's Dustin Kevin McCormick and myself, your host, Michael Markach, we are out. We'll see you guys next week.